Well, this will be the last episode of 2021, and, well, I guess, depending on where you are where, when I publish this, it's the first episode of 2022. This is the Veteran Wargamer. This is the Veteran Wargamer. I'm your host, Jay Arnold. I am joined today for episode 73 by Jay Wiley, uh, head honcho at Wiley Games. Oh, and I'm not, I'm not at, the head. Oh, head creative honcho. How about there that? There we go. No, I don't run the show. My wife does. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I, I, it is important that we make that distinction. So yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the creative force behind wiley games there we go jay wiley and and i must and the reason we're talking the the creative force behind march to victory a new wargaming convention that's going to be taking place in march and uh jay how how are you doing today oh i'm doing all right i'm just at the end of a uh vacation you know got a got a week off there between christmas and uh new year's so trying to do some game stuff, but, uh, it's a hit or miss. <laughs> no, I hear you completely. I hear you. Um, we are recording on new year's Eve. We've got 2021 just about completely behind us. And we got 2022 ahead of us with some exciting stuff. But I thought since if, if my, if I'm correct, I think this is the, First time you've been on the show since, well, since the Kickstarter for uh, Galactic Heroes, which, checking my notes, last time you were actually on, what was that date? Where can I see the date for this? Uh, a while, at least. three Three-ish years, give or take, right? Yeah, probably. So, a lot has happened. Well, give it, give us the cliff notes of what's been going on with uh, Wiley Games in those, in those yeah, two years. Or three uh, years, excuse me. Yeah, Galactic Heroes was a success for us. Uh, it was our second successful Kickstarter. We did the first one for um, Reloaded, which was uh, basically a, a cleaned-up version of the rules we've been playing for years. Uh, with Cowboys, and then we brought it into sci-fi with the Galactic Heroes. And since then, I think we've done, gosh, probably, you know, 10 dozen books since then. So, uh, in fact, we're getting ready for the re-release, the 2.0 of Galactic Heroes, because even it is uh, showing its age due to, you know, all all the playing we've done since it came out. and revitalized a few things and added some things. And so um, after Galactic Heroes, we did our core rule book because I realized that we wanted to do a bunch of different genres, but I didn't want to have to reinvent the wheel every time we put out a book. So the core rule book is really the one that we we started with so that when we could just release um, supplements to go with that so that so people that bought the core book could have um, the basic mechanics of the game and we're, and then from there with a little imagination, you could basically play anything you wanted. Um, 
whatever genre or whatever period, we give you a basic framework. Uh, then right after that, we did uh, Tales of Horror, which is a gothic horror, but you don't have to play in, obviously. Victorian period. Um, and so that was a supplement to the core rules. And that introduced, you know, things like vampires, werewolves, the undead, cults, a little bit of magic. And then followed quickly behind by Wasteland Warriors, which was my take on, uh, let's call it Saturday morning version of the apocalypse. Um, so that was our post-apocalyptic game. Again, a good supplement framework for core. You could take what you wanted. If you didn't want all the crazy gonzo stuff that I didn't, you could definitely play a more gritty post-apocalyptic um, version uh, there. Um, then we did, uh, we did, I wanted to do like a uh, larger scale. So Fistful of Lead is essentially, you're, you're, it's a small scale skirmish. So you're going to be doing, you're going to be running five to eight miniatures probably per per player because uh, that's that's what we've found out is about all most people can sort of wrap their heads around and keep track of but we wanted that we'd started playing with larger forces just because being a collector as well as a painter and a gamer it had all these miniatures that were sitting on the shelf so we created bigger battles which still uses the same mechanic and everything but now you're playing uh, with units rather than single single miniatures and uh, we've we did that and then uh, we came out with our second edition of uh, horse and musket so in in, bef in between all that stuff we had that horse and musket period um, and uh, just decided it needed a little refresher again because we had you know we had uh introduced some new rules and new traits and things like that to your to your gameplay so we came out with a second edition of that and then uh end of this end of this year we had our huge rollout of not one not two but three books for fantasy so we finally went back to my fantasy roots and uh released three fantasy books one which is the first one is sort of your your battle book and that can be used purely just for middle ages if you want to you don't have to introduce any of the fantasy elements and then the second book was uh introduced magic to the game and then the third book was all about dungeon crawling and monsters and and uh all that kind of fun, and we did a we did a special hardback version. It was all three versions of all three of the softbacks rolled into one. It was limited edition. You had to <clears throat> we we had we had it up for three months where people could pre order, and uh, once they were gone, they were gone. So now they're collectors editions. So and <clears throat> so we're done with that. Finally got those out the door. Got all of our pre-orders done and so we're taking a small break and then we're going to do basically the same thing with the uh, galactic here so that's where we're at right now and then of course we've got plenty of stuff in the wings waiting to go yeah it's it's just been an amazing three years for followers of wiley games to say the least and you know two of the <laughs> two of those years have been a pandemic yeah which uh 
as I, I'm sure has not been easy on the process at all. But in other ways, it, it seems like it's just invigorated. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was process. Kind of like, hey, I don't have to go into work, so I'll have more time to, you know, work on my game stuff. But then that becomes <laughs> problem in itself because then you never shut off because you're just, you're, you know, most of I still have a full time job and I'm doing this on the side, same way with my wife. And um, so having this, in theory, extra time to work on uh, the Wiley game stuff uh, was great in some ways because I did get to work on it and bad in some ways because then that's all I did. So, which, you know, then you start to, <clears throat> you run into the chance where you might burn out on that. So, but it was good. Um, <clears throat> last year we were supposed to go to uh, Salute in in London, which we had done the previous year. And uh, they got canceled because of the pandemic. And because of that, the money we didn't spend on the trip then became money that I turned around and I spent on the business. So uh, got a couple of 3D printers. So that was a whole different thing. But because of that, I got a year of just cranking out terrain and miniatures so that when we did come back from it and we started um, having games again, we had some really cool, awesome terrain. <laughs> so there, there was a good side to it also. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't mind, just want to touch a little bit more on being able to dual track your time between work or multi-track, I should say, between work, home, second work. Um, did you find that you had to establish any type of boundaries with that, or did you schedule time for certain activities? I mean, you, your drive time was certainly reduced. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, to say the least. <laughs> and um, uh, Well, one of the things that the pandemic and working from home taught me was I was still working the same schedules that I was at work, so... Uh, without saying where I work, um, my mm -hmm. job is very um, date driven. So I have to have certain things done on certain dates. And so I, I was both places. I was fine, you know, that I was, I, you know, get my job done. And then there was just a lot of downtime between jobs and everything. So if what I found out was when I was physically, uh, at HQ at the, at my regular job, I, uh, I obviously was spending a lot of time doing nothing, you know, going to get coffee or twiddling my thumbs or somehow, because I was still doing the same amount, if not more at, at home, but at home, having that, having that time in between jobs now all of a sudden was taken up by, Oh, I can go mow the lawn or I can go run to the grocery store or whatever. So what it ended up doing was freeing up a lot more time uh, at the end of the day and freeing up time on the weekends and stuff. So I could, I could actually have uh, real meaningful sort of weekends where you weren't, you know, all the stuff that I was doing on the weekends, like all the stuff I just mentioned was now already getting taken care of. And also in those downtimes, I could actually work on some Wiley game stuff because I, I work in spurts. I'll usually have uh, a sketchbook with sort of a, a an outline of what I want to do and little ideas. And then I'll start 
defining it more, <clears throat> actually writing it out uh, on the computer and then fleshing out. And then the process of doing layouts for pages and stuff also usually brings stuff up. And, and in between that's all the, the play testing and all that. Um, the, you know, the 20 years we've been playing the rule system uh, it's, it's, we've worked out most of the kinks. And so what the play testing is for is mostly for the extras we've added for a genre or the mm -hmm. extras we've added uh, in, in scenarios and things like that. So making sure that everything's not too uh, wacky, but as far as work balance, um, it's been good for me. Uh, I, we do have defined times where we talk about stuff. So while me and my wife share an office, so she's usually first thing in the morning is filling orders from the day before. And we set aside usually around nine o'clock as sort of let's talk about work kind of things. <clears throat> Cause otherwise I'll be in the middle of my regular job. And what we found out was happening was, you know, she'd turn around and say, Hey, I got a question about this came in from a customer. And it's like, I was not in the mood to deal with that sort of thing. So we had to start defining times we could talk about work and, and cause both of my, both of my jobs now are creative jobs. So there's only so much fuel in there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And when you're on, when you're on one track, you don't want to have to yeah. derail and go to the other track. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Switching gears sometimes is tough. Right. Exactly. And and, and I can definitely see that uh, as someone who has multiple jobs myself, you know, yeah. between, you know, between the haircutting business and National Guard and then other stuff I've got to do, you know, it, well, like this podcast, for example, exactly. you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, yeah. to do that, but you know, you're compartmentalizing you, becomes a exactly skill that you need. So exactly. Um, so is it, there are other personal projects, not necessarily business related that, that you're doing also, right? I mean, you mentioned all the, all the 3d printing that you've been doing, which yeah. your, your output is astounding, but I, I, I figure while well, you're there with the printers, yeah. <laughs> maybe not 24 hours a day, but pretty close to it. Oh, it's pretty close um, to it. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I'll have one going that's kind of doing terrain and one that's going doing miniatures and all that. So, yeah. So on top of all that, I've been messing with, uh, 3d sculpting. So okay. trying to create my own miniatures cause there's, you know, there's a stuff that I want specifically that, uh, nobody else makes. And so, you know, having, uh, having the exact same, you know, having what's in my head actually be able to create that, um, is something I've always wanted to do. And, uh, there's some really great intuitive, intuitive sculpting programs. The problem I've had in the past when I've messed with um, sculpting myself has been uh, whoever has designed these sculpting uh, programs seems to be an engineer versus a creative. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff. I mean, stuff that just simple things like you know cut and paste that's pretty universal across um, right. those programs. You know art in some of these 3d programs and I, and I had some great mentors with it too. Um, I know a lot of, uh, sculptors that, uh, from work and they helped me, but anyway, I've, I've got a really nice, uh, 
iPad that I do sketching and stuff on. And there's a program called Nomad, which is um, actually put out by the same company that does ZBrush, which is uh, one of the bigger uh, 3D programs. And Nomad is super intuitive. You, you know, it's it's sensitive to the the pin on the iPad, so pressure sensitive and everything. And you, can, mm-hmm. you know, you're just you're adding clay and subtracting clay and moving it around almost like your hands are in there doing it. And I, when I first started messing with it, even without like completely understanding or watching any videos within like two hours, I had already, you know, whipped out uh, some, a really nice basic shape. So, but the problem becomes finding time to finding time to right. do it. And it's one of those deals like anything else that you have to constantly you know, work that muscle to, to get good at it. And I just, I had with the doing it in fits and spurts, it's not conducive. So, um, we're at a point at, as a company, we've, we've, since I've talked to you, we've just sort of grown and grown and grown. And even though it's still basically just me and my wife doing it, um, with help from people here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, we've got to the point where we're sort of on this, I need to do it full time. And, mm-hmm. but we're also not in a place where I can do it full time. You know, there's, there's right, right, right. health insurance and, and things like that. Um, so it's part of that would be having, you know, a miniatures line or even though the rules are specifically written for, uh, to be miniature agnostic, it would still be nice. It, kind of in the in the way that modern wargaming works is you know if you want to get to a certain level you almost have to have a miniature line tied into what you're doing uh, unfortunately but if if you want to reach a certain level so as i would like to just do this as for the rest of my life and not have to have another job um we're not quite there yet but eventually that's the plan is to just do Wiley Games as as my one and only job. So um, we were talking earlier about balance. It's it's uh, like we're at the tipping point of where we're getting to a point where you have to make decisions about what I can do full time and what I can't. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, just to speaking of balance, just to kind of tan- tangential, uh, just to go off on a tangent for a moment on on balance i uh had a soldier talk to me about this oh this is probably two years ago at this point asking about you know how how do i strike that balance between you know he was concerned about maintaining his faith and his family and his national guard requirements plus his job and and i i'd been thinking about that myself obviously and i told him well it's it's not so much a matter of balance like like that right um it's like if you imagine the old vaudeville act of the spinning plates, right? Yeah. And the guy's got the table there and he's got the four or five different plates and he's just putting enough work into each plate to keep it from falling. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can, sometimes you can get away with, you know, ignoring a plate for a while, but eventually you got to get back to it. And um, so I, I, I hope that helped him and, to see where he's, he's come since then. And I, I think it has. So yeah, I, I definitely think we need to think in more than two dimensions of, you know, one thing going up another thing going down and 
realize that we we all lead multifaceted lives, even if it doesn't yeah. seem like it, because, you know, at, for the most part, we all have at least one job. We all have multiple yeah. family members that we have to, you know, you can't just say family because now you're talking about devoting time to multiple family members. And quite frankly, you know, those of us out there have more than two kids. I, I, my hat's off to you. I have no idea <laughs> how they do it, but uh, plus a spouse, you know? Yeah. So um, I definitely think that our hobbies can help with that yeah. um, in a certain degree. And speaking of that with the junior war gamer, master J, you know, he, he wanted to get a chess set right before Christmas. And I said, all right, so we've, we've been playing chess and to his credit, he's been taking it seriously and has really come along pretty quickly and is rules understanding. And it's, it's been pretty cool. So I think. Yeah. There's a lot more resources now too. (laughs) Oh yeah. To get better at it, you know? Oh yeah. So now the funny part is, is, you know, a lot of times I'll get questions either from customers or from other sources and and I have to remind them that it's it's just me <laughs> you know and it is as much as we've grown our output is still you know we're not putting out the same level as a as a warlord or a games workshop and sometimes uh it's funny because I think people think that that's what we're like because we have a website and we have you know quality production and stuff like that and it's like no this is all just uh me doing all the me doing the creative stuff and writing and drawing and all that and and my wife robin doing all of the all all the um logistics and website and fulfilling orders and you know a lot of the financial stuff so so as i say she does all the dirty work so that i can i can stand in the uh, spotlight and be the face of things so but uh yeah it's just like it's funny because people just think we're some <laughs> i got a giant warehouse somewhere in a factory and a staff and yeah. all that kind of stuff so. <laughs> so it sounds like an opportunity to to literally get multiple hats with you know, <laughs> yeah exactly you know accounts payable on one and <laughs> yeah know, exactly. receiving on another and production yeah 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 Yeah, i mean Uh, definitely become friends with the uh with the mailman you know who has to come and pick up all the boxes every day so you know i'm sure he wonders what the heck we're doing in there and you know it's it's definitely it's definitely something you hear over and over again from a a good number of folks that are in the industry and you know in this hobby this particular hobby industry that you know, it's, it's a one man band in a lot of cases and, and people have, people have these expectations of, Hey, I ordered this today. How come it's not in the mail? It's like, you know, Hey bro, I got a life. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go get my car fixed uh, at a dentist appointment, you know, the roof is sprung a leak or, you know, the toilets broke that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Especially when, when I was at the office full time too. Yeah. It was just, trying to trying to deal with all that kind of stuff so so now we've decided that wasn't enough now we've decided we're gonna try to put on a convention on top of that so (laughs) yeah yeah speaking of which that's 
the the reason I asked you to come on the show again is I definitely wanted to talk about March to Victory, your yes. wargaming convention that will be held on the last weekend of March 2022. Yeah, and those 25th. actual dates. Yeah, 25th, 26th, 27th. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I've you know you and I have met several times at, at recruits our beloved local um convention and uh we because of covid we didn't have it last year and because of construction we're not having it this year and one of the great things about it was was the the affordability of it um to sort of the ethos behind it bringing in mm -hmm. uh new war gamers to the hobby um and just in, in general being more accessible and uh there's plenty of cons um here not plenty there's there's a few cons around here that they're i think kind of outpricing themselves for the sort of average joe to go hang out and play um and then at the other end of the spectrum which i'll get into in a in a minute is is the ones that are so big that um, I don't, I don't think of them as a war gaming convention anymore. Um, so we wanted to sort of, we wanted one in the spring um, because there's so many conventions around the country in the fall. And <clears throat> we, we, since this is our first, we're, we're starting out small. Um, the place that we got is holds about 250 people, but that being said, we were going to have 15 tables in any given time and three sessions on Saturday, one on Friday. Um, and then Sunday, traditionally, at least from my perspective, conventions are sort of dying down. Most of your vendors are taking down their stuff. And it's really just sort of for the diehards to hang out and talk. So we're going to do a couple of fun uh, little mini tournaments on Sunday uh, doing a joust and doing some gladiatorial fights and we'll have you know a big tournament that'll end up with some prizes at the end so if you still want to come out and play and hang out um you know we, we're going to do that in the morning and then that still gives enough still gives people enough time to to get home on sunday especially if they've driven from out of town um so of course we'll have a big presence there uh there's a bunch of of local people. Kansas City is a huge um, wargaming community. Lots of clubs spread across the metro area. And um, so we'll be counting on them and they're, and they're bringing their, their A game. Uh, we'll have room for eight or nine vendors. Uh, and we're trying to, at least for this first year, we're really concentrating on wargaming. So not so much uh, board games, not so much card games. Um, that can come later as, as we get a little bit bigger and maybe the venue gets a little bit bigger. Um, we're keeping the price uh, relatively low. So it's it's $15 for the whole weekend if, for adults. But if you pre-order on our uh, website, which is uh, march2victory.net, um, all spelled out, um, you can get a early, uh, ticket for $12 and then kids are five bucks. So, uh, I think that's uh, some of the other places you'll have like free and stuff, but we still have to pay 
for the venue and um the all the money that we do collect through concessions through um admissions all that is going to be rolled over into the next uh the next one next year so um we're counting on doing this every year at the same time the last weekend in march and hopefully getting just a little bit bigger each time as we sort of figure out what we're doing. Um, I have pretty good confidence in it. My wife used to run the uh, Kansas city farmers market for years. And so she's used to running large events with lots of vendors and, you know, dealing with lots of moving parts. So I feel like her experience in that's going to be very helpful. Plus we've got a lot of, of people who have, who've run uh, war gaming conventions around um helping us out we're gonna have like a silent auction some things like that but really concentrating on a nice little affordable accessible um games we're trying to keep the quality of the games really good um so that you know a feast for the eyes as well as 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 playing a a cool game um and so as far as the time period that we picked where we run up against um adepticon and out in chicago but our feeling is that those are two different beasts so kind of back to what i was talking about earlier you know i feel like this is a wargaming convention that's meant for you know um people who want to just you know get in and play talk to other people whereas i think some of the larger venues you know like gen con Adepticon, all that kind of stuff, they've become more about the, you know, shopping and big, uh, big name gameplay, big game manufacturers and stuff. You know, it's, you spend most of your time shopping or you might get a little bit of time in to play test a game and that, and then also more about tournaments and stuff. And so at this point, we don't have any tournaments because to me, um, that's a waste of our space. And as much as I know it brings in people, you're still, you've got a, you've got a six by four table, but it's two guys playing on it, doing a tournament. And then you multiply that by the number of guys that are in the tournament. And all of a sudden you've got, you've eaten up most of your table space with just a few people versus having six to eight guys or girls, um, at a, at a table, suddenly you've got more people involved. So I, I just don't think that, there's a, a conflict between the people that go to a larger convention versus people that are, they're going to want to come to ours. So a um, little bit more intimate, a little bit more, you know, friendly, you're going to be able to meet the people who are running the thing right there. Cause we'll be there taking the tickets and right, right, right. your folks and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I think they're, they're two different things. So anyway, at least for now, Someday we may be a threat. <laughs> well, I, I certainly have been quite vocal on this show and online about my support for recruits. So I, I certainly appreciate uh, the the fact that you're through maintaining that same ethos, you know, and, you know, veteran, you know, veteran recruits goers will know that, you know, that used to be a twice a year thing. You know, there used to be a, a yeah. spring recruits and there's a fall recruits and, yeah. and, you know, Dwayne did a great job of maintaining the balance on both. And he's talked on the show about, you know, it's, it's, it was cool having two, but it's been a relief to go back to one. So 
Yeah, and two I'm, also two also really split the vendors, so most of the vendors and stuff could only make one a year. So you ended up only getting half of the you know the people. So it, I think going back to one was a good decision, but that's specifically another reason why we we want to do a spring one is because um, if recruits is back next year, we didn't want to be you know, interfering with that because we've been a, sure I've been a part of recruits since the very first one, um, back when we were running out of the cafeteria at the high school. And, um, and so uh, that's something that's near and dear to my heart. So, um, I definitely don't want to, I don't want to mess with that and I don't want to take away from any of that, but I feel like, you know, we could have two really nice, uh, conventions in the year and, have them spread out enough that people that want to come in from out of town and stuff, you know, aren't zipping back and forth. And, and, and it's also a, a very affordable city to come into, you know, if yeah. you need a place to stay and, and plenty to do while you're here. So we get the best of both. We get, we get, we get some of the big city stuff without the big city prices. And we get also opposite of that, we get some small town, you know, uh, benefits too. Yeah. Sp- speaking of small town, now the location where where is it being held? Because it's in Independence, correct? No, it, it's going to be in Blue Springs, which is just uh, just east of Independence. So it's still a, a suburb of Kansas City proper. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, the nice thing is it's right off of uh, I seventy, Interstate seventy. Um, so if you come in from any of the major highways, either coming in from the North or South or East or West, um, it's going to be really accessible to get to. And it's on seven highway in, in blue Springs. So it's on the main drag of, uh, the town. And, uh, it's great for, it's a, it's a American Legion post. So we'll be supporting them. Um, they have a nice big hall and, uh, there's, you know, food and, and places to stay like all around there. So even mm-hmm. though we'll be providing some really nice concessions um, and adult beverages after six o'clock, we're hiring a, since it is an American Legion post, they do have a bar and we can get a bartender. So, um, and uh, so there's all kinds of, you know, restaurants and, and stuff right around there too, as far as the venue. But yeah, it's, it's, 20 minutes from downtown Kansas city. So if you wanted to take some time and make it a long weekend and wanted to go into the city to, you know, have some really nice barbecue or go to the world war one museum or any one of the other museums in town, or, uh, I'm not quite sure yet with the end of March, if any of the baseball, uh, will be kicking in yet, but you know, there's sporting events and stuff like that. You could definitely check out if, you wanted to do some of that too, come in early on Friday. Um, we'll be starting basically, uh, I think we open the doors at five 30 on Friday. That gives people time to get home from work, people to drive in. If they had to come in from out of town, they're not taking too much mm-hmm. work on Friday and, and notoriously other conventions I've been to, including recruits, um, Friday's this sort of a appetizer for Saturday. You might get a game in, um, a lot of right. vendors that come on Fridays tend to just set up and then go home um, and for the next day. So, and then Saturday um, 
we'll have three sessions, a morning and afternoon and an evening session with plenty of time that if a game goes over or somebody needs to switch out because they're switching tables, you know, I'm only running a game in the morning and somebody else is going to use my table. We got time for that. Also a little bit of time, just, you know, hang out and chat with your buddies, uh, talk about stuff. So, uh, and then Sunday, like I said, um, the, you know, I'm sure vendors will just be cleaning up and putting away and stuff, but we wanted to have like a couple little events on Sunday to make it worth your while if you came in um, from out of town. And of course, you know, there'll be room hopefully for people if they just want to do a pickup game or something, you know, nothing official. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, what are, are you, are you getting folks scheduling games already? I'm, I'm certainly hoping yeah, we've that got, uh, we've had, um, I mean, we just, the, the the site just went live last week. And so we've already gotten, um, uh, I think six of our 15 tables are, are, are being claimed. Um, and then we've had a couple of vendors inquiries already. And, uh, and we're trying to keep the vendors purely like wargaming. Again, I'm not going to have the popcorn guy or the beanie baby salesman. Um, at the at the convention um yeah and we the tickets right now are not set up yet to accept but um they they will be here we had to you know get our get our financial set up because i didn't want this tied to our business in any way this isn't a wiley games venture none of the money is going to us so we have a whole separate account um just for Mm -hmm. the convention so that all the money goes there. So we, we got to get that all set up before the ticket money. Uh, you'll be able to buy online ahead of time through the site. And um, so that'll all go there. So I will, you know, seeing it myself. So, um, and we, it's not a, you know, it's not a nonprofit, but at the same time, we're not making any profit. We have a council of elders. Um, some people that I, that I are, I know and are knowledgeable about such things, um, running conventions and stuff that are operating to help guide us to how to spend the money for next year. And, you know, can we get some guests and what's worth having and what's not, and if we need to get a new venue and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a labor of love for, you know, a bunch of us. Um, so, uh, that's where we're at on that, but you can go to the website and just kind of see, initially how everything sort of set up that's march to victory.net yeah yeah i uh i i would certainly hope that uh chris clucky has already claimed a table for at least one slot well he is here now so that's that's great um he uh he now lives in kansas city so uh mm-hmm. he is Definitely, he doesn't have to drive down from Minnesota anymore, so he better. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need a, We're not friends I, anymore. I, <laughs> I need to get Chris on the show and talk about his his amazing yeah. games that he runs because they're. Yeah, I had, I, him on our, I had him on our YouTube show. Um, he was one of the first people we had on, and uh, we purely just talked about terrain. Well, we talked about wargaming in general and that kind of stuff, but a lot of it was about the philosophy of terrain making and why it's important and, you know, all that. Um, so 
get a chance to watch that, you can get some of Chris's philosophy on things. He's a guy that has specific focus that I don't have, um, you know, where he can pick two or three periods and this, that's his commitment, you know, and it's about making it look better and better and better. And whereas I have what most other war gamers have, the shiny complex. So mm-hmm. move on from one thing to the next. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he was able to come out. We did a fundraiser for March to Victory to get some seed money um, to put down to rent the, the location. And so we ran a convention out of my house. Um, just happened to follow my birthday. And uh, we had we had one, two, three, four. We had six tables set up in my house. We moved all the furniture out and just set up six tables. And we just had bunch of people over and just played all day and um we we had uh we had we had actual tickets they had to buy and then we had uh, my son bartending and and uh people had to pay for uh adult drinks and and snacks and stuff and so all that money went into the seed money for uh for march to victory and we raised like 550 dollars for that just that weekend. So we were, we thought we were going to do another one before March, but I don't think with just how the holidays fell and all that kind of stuff, we're going to be able to get sure. another one in, but we're hoping advanced ticket sales will cover the money that I'm fronting personally to, to cover the rest of the cost of the location. But um, I'm pretty confident it's going to be okay. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um so do you have any, are there anything like uh, special guests or panels or anything like that? Or not right now, or? no, not right now. Um, I, that's definitely something I would like to do um, down the line. And <clears throat> the, the actual, the venue has a little stage. So we'll be, we'll be doing some broadcasting from there. Um, having uh, some videos of the, the games in progress, that kind of thing. Um, uh, hoping to get uh, one of my buddies to do some emceeing stuff and, and, uh, and all that. But yeah, right now we don't have anything, uh, any special events other than the, the Sunday tournaments. But um, yeah, definitely something I want to do. I, I liked... Um, the couple of times that recruits had some special people out to run games and, and to talk about stuff. Unfortunately with, you know, a weekend you don't get to have like, you know, panels <laughs> like you do at like Comic Con or something, which would be great. Um, but it would be nice that uh, get big enough that we can afford to bring people in, you know, that might not necessarily come to a Midwestern convention. Sure. Sure, because it's you know it's it's much it's much further to go from let's say California to Kansas City than it is to go from Kansas City to California, right? Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's why I told people is like the most expensive uh, part of traveling to Europe was the the flight from Kansas City to Boston. <laughs> it costs more than the Boston to, but actually coming here is relatively cheap and. Uh, you know, it's the other way around. It's escaping the cost of most. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it'd be nice to bring in some people and be able to have uh, 
a panel or just have somebody talk about different sort of things. Not that, you know, I don't know how, how packed those, those panels would be. <laughs> right. But still, no, it'd be cool enough. to have it. Or just Absolutely. to have people that you want to meet and bring them in. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, that's what you get to do on the show is you get to call up people and talk to them that, you know, you want to talk to. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is definitely one of the one of the highlights of running a, a hobby podcast is you get to you get to talk to your hobby heroes, you know, and yeah. and uh, it's it's been it's been a great it's been a great experience, and I, I know that I have been sporadic in my publication of the podcast, but I I think twenty twenty two might be the year that I come back and make it a regular thing yeah. again. So. Well, I, I mean, I mean, my own shows that we were doing uh, are kind of live one is we do it on Tuesdays, but we do it whenever we feel like we've got something to say. And rather than just scheduling something, I'm going to do this, you know, every week, but not actually having any having any material to to. For the show is it's not worth even doing it, so I'd rather I we try to do it when we feel like we have a guest or we have something important, you know, to say oh, yeah. basically rather than just, you know, filler. So, um, so I, I hear you on that fact, you know, and then just trying to have again, the time to do it. So, yeah. And, and we, and and I, I gotta say, we still have our, 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 I still play every Thursday night. Um, uh, anyway too. So, I've, so I got that on top of everything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I certainly envy that that dedicated set aside. Hey, Thursday night is the game night. Yeah. Um, and and I'm glad you're able to to do that for sure. Well, it's, it's 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 been our church. I mean, it's what um, since I me and my wife have been together and before we were married. You know, she understood that that was that was like I said, our, our, not our church, our religion, it was our, you know, what brings us joy and what keeps me centered and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so we've, we've had Thursday games on anniversaries and birthdays and holidays and stuff like that, because, you know, that's, that's what we do. That's, we're a wargaming family. And so my kids have grown up in and around it and, um, with the pandemic, luckily we were able to still do it remotely. Um, that was one of the first things I did was buy some cameras so that we could keep playing. And then it was also great um, because we were able to, uh, we, we switched to where every other Thursday is um, uh, a D&D night. So I've been playing in a campaign for almost two years now with my son and a bunch of guys that I've, I played with when I was 13 when I first started playing. So it's really been a gift with that too. Um, That's great. Be able to bring that back. And it's, and it's one of those things that actually playing uh, via the internet uh, has been actually better than trying to play in, in, uh, in person because nobody has to worry about drive time. We can go, you know, later than we would if we were doing it in person and we can, uh, um, you know, have more people involved, you know, that live farther away or all that kind of stuff. So it's, 
that's been fantastic. Yesterday, with not a lot of people didn't have to work, so yesterday we actually played a war game during the day, and then at seven o'clock everybody was home, and we were online playing a campaign. So, so that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I certainly have taken advantage of the online capabilities or the potential, I should say, with online yeah. capabilities of running uh, running games online. And it's it's a different experience. I'm not going to say it's a yeah. better experience or a worse experience. It's a different experience. Yeah. But it also opens up new avenues of expression within the hobby, right? Yeah. Um, case in point, something I'm wanting to experiment with is having uh so play a game like uh well like what a tanker for example mm-hmm. with you know each tank has a camera yeah. from the commander's eye view and you know you might have to do some heavy lifting with your with your bandwidth but yeah uh or at the very least you know, I'm not sure exactly how that would work aside from having a lot of bandwidth and the player that's playing that tank can only see through that camera. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, that's what's cool is you can do stuff like that and you'd have to have somebody on your end, basically a whole team kind of moving the stuff with it, but um, mm-hmm. it would be a really cool experience, you know, if, if you could pull it off. Yeah. The, just That's just one example. And, you know, there's, there's other, yeah, uh, there's other things you could do with that. With maybe you've got you know in a science fiction game, maybe you've got a you know someone's a drone operator, right? And so they get yeah. the they get access to the overhead view, but they can only you know relate verbally what they're seeing, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, that you know, was, it's, that's what was cool about some of the remote games we did was. You know, I could put the camera down to where the miniatures were and, you know, give me a view of, you know, what I can see from there kind of a thing. So yeah. As, yeah. as a war gamer, you do get that drone's eye view of the battlefield that most girls would not have. So it was actually kind of cool to be able to switch it a little bit and be able to show, you know, here's what your troops see, you know. So, absolutely. yeah, there are some cool things that came out of it. Um, yeah. Now, with unfortunately, with the timing, uh, as you and I have discussed, I do have a conflict. Um, you always taking have my, a conflict. I know. <laughs> <laughs> taking, we're taking our daughter to her first real rock concert. We're mm-hmm. taking her to see Greta Van Fleet. Yep. Uh, that's Saturday. And uh, yeah, I, I did have a little bit of a quandary about it, but I think I'm making the right decision because... Yeah, you know, game gaming event or my daughter's first rock concert. Yeah, yeah. only you know, there's the only Arnold's one of those. It's only going to happen once. Yeah, and the Arnolds will be represented. Yeah, yeah. My my brother Chris, aka Not Jay, will be there. But uh, yeah. do you, for those of us who want to support the convention but can't attend, are you gonna are you gonna yes, have t-shirts we have a, available? We have a, we have a sponsorship um, uh, tab. Uh, on the website. So if you just wanted to donate some money, we will put your name on the, uh, uh, on the uh, program that we're, we'll print out. Um, and as listed as a sponsor and, um, 
you know, we're also doing a thing for advertising too. So if you wanted to advertise, you know, you had a business you wanted to advertise to, we'll have that space. But yeah, we definitely have a donation slash sponsorship portion to our website. So if you just mm. want to, I can't come, but I want to, I want to give five bucks, then you definitely can. And uh, we'll put your name in the program. Yeah, that, that'll definitely, yeah, that's, that'll definitely be in my, uh, in my budget, my gaming budget for this upcoming year, for sure. So, <laughs> Spare five dollars. Uh, a little, I'm probably a little bit more than that, but, uh, what about, uh, what about, uh, t-shirts? You got t-shirts lined out or? Yes, we will have t-shirts lined up. Um, like I said, we just went live, uh, uh, a week ago, if that, and so we're still um, still adding things daily. So definitely stop by um, and and check it out. And uh, I'll have some I'll have some new stuff because by the time the uh, the convention comes out, we'll have some new products um, to play. And who knows, I may have something that that people can play test too. It hasn't even come out. Oh, fun! But I'll leave that as a surprise. Yeah, I I remember one of my favorite gaming experiences was at recruits. Uh, the whole family was there, and you it was just my family and you uh, playing a Wasteland Warriors game before mm-hmm. long before Wasteland Warriors yeah uh, came out, and we we really enjoyed that experience. And actually, I think that was the first time I met you. Uh, but yeah, we, yeah, we really you enjoyed did a it. little short interview with me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was oh, that was a long time ago. But <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have to get uh, get the podcast back out a little bit more often. But uh, check in the notes. Okay, so we got the website taken care of. So the concessions, you got some. Gonna have like yeah, I've actually got max available. Yeah, so we've got a we've we'll have you know the basics, but we're we're hoping to make it a little bit next level. I have a, a friend whose uh, daughter's Girl Scout troop is going to be running the concessions, so the money from the concessions will be going to to their troop. And he oh, is awesome. he's a caterer on the side, so I think we'll have some uh, we'll have some next level stuff. I don't think it'll be your 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 general fare. So let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, your usual overcooked hot dog on a stale bun. Yeah, there you go. Or, or some pizza that's been sitting there all day kind of a thing. So, uh, I still have to iron out some of the details with him, but he is, they are definitely in. So we'll have the concessions. Uh, like I said, we'll have a, a silent auction because everyone likes that. And, uh, like I said, on Saturday after six o'clock, we have we have hired a bartender. So that last leg of the of the uh, convention, if you want to have a an adult beverage or two um, for the end of the night, I think. And you know, and and it's in a it's an expansive bar too, so you could actually just sit and and chill. That was one, that's one of the things that I liked about some of the uh, European wargaming conventions is the fact that I could you know sit down and watch the game with a beer and chat with some other players and stuff like that. Definitely kind of one of the cool aspects. So that's something you get everywhere. Yeah, that, that sounds really fun. And I'm, 
wish I could attend, but you know, the, bo- <laughs> the boys from Frankenmuth demand our time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm on the other um, end of it, my my kids are are grown, so they are they are moving moving. They they spend more time uh, away from home than they are at home, and they so uh, so we're finally getting some some way more free time. I, I, you know, of course I miss not having them around, but it also opens up, uh, more stuff for us to do. Sure. Sure. So I guess what, besides March to victory, and I guess you've got the, the galactic heroes omnibus coming out, including, so that's going to be the omnibus. It's the, that's going to be the, the, Galactic Heroes rules. It's going to be yeah. the Codex Imperialis or Galacticus, Galactica, yeah, Encyclopedia, Galactica, right? The vehicle rules all put together, and it's a cleaned up version of the original rules, the 2.0 that kind of matches what we've been doing here lately. Mm-hmm. And then that's the that's the the 2.0 or the uh, newest version, and then we're going to have a limited edition hardback. Uh, that will have all the previously mentioned stuff plus uh, our Starfighters game, which was I didn't mention earlier, which is uh, the doing anything from fighter battles to, to fleet battles. That will also be included into the end of the hardback version. We're calling it the Savior of the Universe edition. And nice. Uh, uh, so that'll have all that plus uh, six de- six extra scenarios so um it'll be it'll be even bigger and better um and then once that is out uh we've got lined up for next year we've got glorious adventures in the age of steam which will be our victorian sci-fi supplement to galactic heroes so you can you can take everything you know from galactic heroes and move it back a couple of centuries so you got you know uh all your hate the word steampunk, but all of your uh, steam-powered contraptions and weapons and battles on Mars and hunting uh, dinosaurs on Venus. And uh, then we're going to do a supplement for uh, Might and Melee, which is the first book in the fantasy series. It'll be Might and Honor, which will be a samurai uh, version. Yeah. And... uh, Two supplements for uh, Galactic Heroes, which are uh, one is a smaller mech suit battle, an anime style kind of uh, level dude in a you know two story mech suit. Um, that's Battle Suit Alpha, which we play we've played play tested quite a few times over at my house. And then I got a larger one that'll be giant robots, uh, you know big nuclear powered size of buildings style robots, a la Battletech kind of thing. Um, that will also be coming out and then thrown in there is a bunch of little extra stuff. Like I've been doing a gladiator game and, uh, some pulp age supers, some cyberpunk. There's just, there's so many fun ways to go. And I, I'm sticking with, uh, what my wife said a long time ago is, you know, actually work on what you're interested in uh, versus what needs to be done as far as this goes. So, so that, you know, if 
if you're happy about it, it'll show in the in the writing mm-hmm. sort of you know, mm-hmm. feel for it. And it also has Absolutely. to do with you know what I've got painted up that I can put pretty pictures in because as of last year we started doing all our rule books in color too. Yes. Yeah, the fantasy books are are absolutely gorgeous in full color, and I love them. It's <laughs> it's, it's really great. I'm I'm not getting to the table as often as I like, but that's a discussion for another day with another person. But sure. <laughs> uh, well, all right. It looks like you've got a a busy 2022 ahead. Yeah, and, and I'm certainly certainly glad you've taken the time to talk to me and. We'll uh, we'll discuss offline a sponsorship for the veteran wargamer on uh, March to Victory Excellent. for sure. Excellent. And uh, I, uh, I I'm really pleased with to see where Wiley Games has has been and where they're going. And uh, I I wish you and Robin and everybody there a, a happy and healthy 2022. Yeah, same to you. Um, Thank you very much indeed. Maybe see you at. Uh... J three this coming year maybe. Yeah, that'd be great. I I don't have a date yet. It, it what may... happens in the world? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. That's you know that's it. Probably seven months away at this point, but uh, yeah, it's July's going to be busy for me. I've got annual training right smack dab in the middle of it, so yeah, might have to see what kind of timing I can have. I mean, I I did J three in August one year, so I might have to do it in, in August again, but that's okay. Mm. Yeah, when so. it's nice and cool in Missouri. I'm sorry, Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe June then, because June's yeah. not terrible yet, but August can be pretty brutal. Yeah. So, all righty. Well, Jay, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate yeah. you uh, sharing your time with us, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing more online on uh, for yeah, Wiley Games. I- in and we'll have. Uh, We'll have more and more stuff on the website. So. Yeah, I'll have the website and Facebook and Twitter handles on the show notes. And uh, any any last parting shot you'd like to take? Uh, other than you know, everybody, hopefully, stay uh, stay safe and keep playing. You know, keep the keep it alive. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, on that note, as always, if the war game you're having isn't any fun, you make it fun. That is all. The Veteran Wargamer is copyright J. Arnold 2021. Music courtesy of freemusicarchive.org.